The UTS Law Student Society acknowledges the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, upon whose ancestral lands our university stands today. We would like to extend this respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across the nation, particularly to the elders, both past and present, who remain to be the traditional custodians of knowledge for these lands. Welcome back Welcome to the bar. Back. Um, love to have you here. Love, love, love that you're listening. I mean, yes, we love that everyone's listening. But now that we, now that Emma's, now Emma's laughing. But it's fine. <laughs> We're going to keep the intro going because this is like behind the scenes, almost like you can see the sort of production aspect of it. No. <laughs> um, this week we have um, Tash, and, Tash Kurt. and Kurt. Yeah, Tash and Kurt from Ashurst, who are going to be talking to us about their different um, avenues to getting to where they are working for Ashurst and how the firm operates. Uh, and particularly, they're going to be talking about um, clerkships and um, how to approach them and sort of the misconceptions around them and um, giving a bit of a pitch as to why Ashurst may be a firm that you want to look at um, either once you've graduated or um, when you're looking at clerkships and applying for them. Yeah, um, and I think it's really interesting. Kurt has just finished his clerkship and now he's a paralegal and Tash is a new grad. So they both have pretty new perspectives on what it's like entering the corporate world, which I think are really interesting, talking about work-life balance and how to achieve that as a young person entering the corporate world. Yeah, so I think we're going to have our... Is that bad to say? We're having our youngest guests on? Yeah, no, they are our youngest we're guests. We're having our youngest guests on, so it's going to be um, very relevant for all of our law students and I think Emma and I both bring up some personal questions as well about things where, not personal in the sense of personal, but personal in the sense of um, maybe conceptions we have or, or worries we have about getting into um, the older years of uni and then that transfer into working, um, especially with corporate firms and sort of the intimidating nature they can have. Um, so I think it's going to be quite a useful episode. Um, and a fun one as well. Should we get into it? Let's go. All right. Okay. So, hi, everyone. We have Natasha Madan and Kurt Chang here from Ashurst. Thank you both for coming on the podcast today. Hello. Hello. Good to be with you. Welcome, welcome. Um, so, I guess a great place to start is if you could both tell, tell us and the listeners about your journey and what your role is at Ashurst and how you got there. Um, okay, so I did the JD, so I started um, my actual, like, university at UCIN. I did a Bachelor of Science and Bachelor of Arts, and maybe, like, midway through the arts degree, I was like, oh, like, law would be kind of cool, um, finished my degree, went travelling for two years and came back and did the JD, and so it's taken me quite a while to get here, but very happy that I'm here. Um, and now I'm a graduate of Asher, so I've been through the clerkship process, it's been around a month and a half as a grad, and I'm in the RSSG team, so the restructuring team. Awesome. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to travel for two years. I came through a very ordinary route. Um, I'm currently doing my fifth year um, of a Bachelor of Laws in Communications at UCS, and I came through the clerkship pathway, um, so my penultimate year, which was last year, I applied um, for a clerkship at Ashurst, did my summer break over December, January, February at the firm, um, and I'm currently a paralegal in the real estate, hotels, and investments team. Wow. 
Interesting. Um, so you're both quite young, right, in terms of the, the corporate ladder sort of thing? Yeah, like young in terms of the corporate ladder, but old comparatively to the grads. <laughs> I think I'm like the oldest grad. No, I think it just means you have more wisdom. That's yeah, true. that's yeah. true. I've been called work mummy a lot, and I oh. really it. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Grads are calling me their work mum. <laughs> it's an interesting nickname to um to get, especially within like a. Do you say within like a month of being a grad lawyer? Yeah, well, it started as a clerk because, like, right. we clerked together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not a huge fan. <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, it's, yeah, following off of that, I think we want to hear a little bit about Ashurst generally. I mean, it might, I know it's slightly hard to describe because it's such a massive firm, but I think more in particular, um, if you two could give us the reason you chose to work there compared to, you know, one of the other big firms. And also then um, one thing that really surprised you when you started there that you weren't expecting. I think for me, you know, around this time last year when you start applying for firms and you start going to all the different events, you sort of soon realise that quite a lot of commercial firms are very similar in terms of the work you do. A lot of firms are global um, and Ash is no exception. But I think what stuck out to me was the people it was the people you meet at the events. It was the people you interacted with, might be online, uh, or the people that you might know just through word of mouth. It was just a sense of real genuineness um, in every interaction. Um, for me, one of the biggest surprises was for cultural diversity. So diversity inclusion was a huge element of me choosing a particular firm that I wanted to work at. And you soon realise that DNI is very similar in terms of across the board, every firm will promote diversity and inclusion, but it's about the fact that Ashes never had to actively promote it as their differentiator, but rather it was sort of when I started the clerkship, um, my moment that I sort of clicked was when I was able to talk about um, celebrate, celebrating the New Year with my family. Um, coming from a Chinese Australian background, I just felt I was never in an environment where I could openly talk about um, culture in a way that my family celebrates such an important occasion. But being able to be so open with colleagues about it um, and sharing how different families celebrate the occasion was definitely a huge sort of ticking point for me, um, knowing that it was a firm that I chose and I made the right decision. Mm. Yeah, I think we're very similarly to that, actually. Um, as a woman of colour, I think diversity really was important to me. I wanted to see myself represented in the leadership structure because in the firms that I was working at, I couldn't see that. And I think Ashurst trying to be the most progressive law firm um, really did stick out to me. And as Kirk kind of said, like in a really genuine way where it's very integrated into everything we do at Ashurst. So um, definitely like the diversity aspects um, were really important to me, even like how they're trying to get women, um, more women in the partnership, looking at the partnership promotions, like, it's everywhere seeing that diversity. So it's really good. Um, what surprised me about Ashurst? I was trying to think about that. I think a lot of the business development opportunities, like already just being in the firm for six weeks as a grad, I've been to several networking events. There's networking events every couple of weeks or even every week. Um, so meeting up with people from different firms. I just went to a women in insolvency event um, where Jana Pittman was the speaker. So some really cool networking events and 
great ways to like learn and get more embedded into the firm and into the um like into your whole career the one thing i might add that took me by surprise was kicking off as a paralegal in the firm it was just how collaborative and integrated everyone works together um even as a paralegal you have the opportunity to work with partners um who might be quite senior but it's that sort of hands-on experience um and that sort of collegiality um i remember one of my first weeks as a paralegal you know the partner wanted kfc and we both went off and got kfc classic and it's just you know those sort of things there's small things that might not mean a whole lot um at the time but as time goes on you soon sort of realize it's that sort of culture um that each team sort of has that gives it its own unique flair i find yeah that's really interesting it's really interesting to hear about the diversity aspect as well because i think that's something that when people are applying for clerkships it's something in, the, in their mind but maybe not at the forefront so i find that really interesting that you both kind of prioritize that and you're seeing it happen in practice so i think our listeners would be really kind of keen and excited to hear that so I guess moving from there, looking at your specific, you're both in quite different teams. So maybe if you could tell me a little bit about a day in your life and what you do, noting that you're both in different roles. Yeah, definitely. So um, as a grad, I try and come in like half an hour early now. So if the team's in at nine, I'll try and come in at 8.30 just because at nine people kind of come rushing to me for things. So at 8.30, I'll come in and on a good day, I will start entering in my time already. So I'll like, so um, just so all the listeners know, so you bill up in law and so um, you have these little timers where you can start and stop how much you've worked on a certain thing. Um, so I'll enter in my, what I anticipate billing already. So for example, if someone comes and talks to me at nine, I can just start the timer rather than looking back and being like, oh, how long was that conversation kind of thing? Um, check my emails, go see the employment grads because they're on my floor and go say hi to them. And then really just start my day. Right now I'm on, I think, around three continuing matters and then a lot of ad hoc things come up. So I might send some emails. I'm drafting a lot of deeds at the moment. Um, there's a lot of litigation matters going on. So it could be helping prepare for court. I'm trying to think of what else I did today. Sending a lot of letters to different clients. And then, um, yeah, that usually takes up my whole day. Yeah, so I think as a clerk, um, you, you, you definitely have a great time. Um, I think on an average as a clerk during three months, you'll come in, um, might be 8.30 or 9, depending on the team. Um, you will receive your instructions from different lawyers in the team about what they want you to potentially be doing. Um, you would attend client meetings. Um, so I remember I was over to in on a client lunch where one of our biggest clients came to the firm and we gave them a presentation, an update over lunch. Um, you might go on a few offsites. So you might go up and meet um, our clients at their offices or at a particular site. Um, given real estate is dealing with actual pieces of land and property, um, quite often you'll visit the actual site where something's being built. Um, quite often you do into firm sport. So where you might verse different um, of the other firms um, in a sport every week. Um, so we did that um, two or three times a week. We'd often go to dinner, drinks. Um, and if you're not interested in drinks, there's always uh, trivia and different um, other activities as well. So it's a great time. Um, over three months, you get to see sort of the best elements of the firm in a very casual, social environment um, to try and inform your decision to sort of think, is commercial all right for me? And I think sort of on that part as well, you know, the clerkship isn't, 
sort of the contrary decision where you have to say commercial law is for me for the next 10 years of my career. The clerkship is really there for you to make that decision. Um, do I really want to do the work in commercial law? Am I interested? Is it something I'm passionate in? And then you can make a decision for um, the graduate program and beyond from there as well. Yeah, wow, really interesting. I think maybe a follow-up question that I have is you're both quite young um, coming into a career in this corporate kind of commercial space. And I think something a lot of people are wary of is this idea of having a work-life balance. And I know, Kurt, you spoke a little bit about the clerkship process and kind of now you're coming into a paralegal role. But maybe if both of you could talk about how you're trying to maintain that mental well-being or that work-life balance and things you're implementing or how you're finding it so far in your roles. Definitely. I think to be perfectly honest and realistic, I have been finding it hard. Um, I think as a grad, there is a lot of big expectation on you to work as hard as you can. And also if you want to settle in the team. So at Ashes, we've got three different rotations. Um, so you'll rotate through a team for approximately three months. And if you really want to settle there, then you also really want to impress them. So work does come to the forefront of your mind a lot. Um, I found that mornings are a really good time to take care of my health and well-being because evenings are a little bit out of your control, whereas in the mornings you can really own your mornings. So I wake up quite early, like at 5.30, go to the gym, um, and then in the evenings I really try and do a wind down. So I try and meditate, do some stretching, do some journaling. Um, I've also started practicing gratitude, so I'm a much happier person. Um, so all of that takes care of my mental health and well-being. And then now on the weekends, I really try and refill my cup. So um, whether that be going for a nice walk, going to the sauna, seeing my friends and family. Um, so it's really about making the most of your time um, and also working with the team. For example, if the team is a late team, maybe you start getting work at 3 p.m., um, then you really do need to own your mornings, whereas whether maybe where your team finishes at around 5.36, you can have like a nice evening to yourself. So it's being a bit malleable and flexible. Yeah, I definitely agree with Tash there. I think fitness is definitely a core element um, of the sort of lifestyle that you might choose to take. Um, for me, I wake up similarly around 5, 5.30 most mornings and either go to the gym or go for a run because you can actually have the morning to yourself. No one's giving you work. From 6 a.m. or you would hope not. Um, but I couldn't eat yeah. at 6 30 today. Oh my god. <laughs> but still an hour. Um, so you still get to own a bit of your time in the morning, even if it's just that one hour. Um, but the fact is, you know, you're not in the office for 8 39, you're able to, you know, do things, make a nice breakfast, um, you know, get ahead of the day um, before things get a bit chaotic. And you know, for me, I tend to wind down at night. Um, as well, um, that'd be you know, reading, meditating, stretching, watching Netflix, um, just doing something that isn't work or reading something that isn't, you know, law-related. Don't be doing your readings, but just read something that could be completely pointless, um, but just things that gets your mind off work. It's really helpful and just own your weekends as well. Um, the weekends are generally, you know, to yourself. Um, might be friends or family, go out, um, sitting for lunch, dinner, um, go for a bike ride. Um, there's things where you can recharge and energize um, to make sure you're in good shape for the week ahead. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks for those mm. sort of little anecdotes. I think it's uh, quite important, especially for our listeners, considering a lot of us are, you know, law students, there's generally a thing, you know, law students are perfectionists. We, you know, overcomplicate things and stress too much about 
um, getting getting you know good results and getting stuff done and setting ourselves up for when we finish our degree. So I think that is um, a really key thing to touch on. And I think going forward from that, especially from the perspective of a lot of our listeners and a lot of students um, who have this sort of idea, this sort of vague picture of big law in like this gray cloud and it's all sort of um, a bit, you know, uncertain and, and, and imposing it sometimes when you think about it. What would you say is, you know, a sort of a misconception um, or something that you found not to be true that you were worried about um, when lo- working for a large firm like Ashurst, a large corporate firm? Oh. Sorry, can I add one more thing as well? Just um, how yeah. you're saying like law school um, and work-life balance. Interestingly, I found that like at law school, it was actually harder to like fit in exercise and stuff because there's no consistency. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you've got assignments due and then like all of a sudden you're three weeks behind on the gym. And I actually was really looking forward to working full time because like essentially every week, three or four times a week, you can go to the gym. So in a way there is that level of consistency that you don't get at law school. So mm-hmm. just something, something to think about. Um, maybe I found uh, like, as you said, like the dark cloud of commercial law. I think like one thing is that people are, could be like very afraid of like senior people, but like mm. they are just people um, and everyone is super friendly at Ashurst and no one's scary. So yeah, I found that really nice and like Ashurst had a really welcoming vibe. Mark, I think one misconception a lot of people at uni thinking about commercial law is, you know, it's what you might see on TV. It's what you might see in suits, but it is completely <laughs> the opposite. Um, I'm pretty sure if they did half things in suits at an actual firm, they'll probably be in jail, but... <laughs> you, so true. You, you, you'd probably find, you know, that, you know, Asher, similar to many other firms, is just a non-law firm. Um, we're good at what we do, but, we're, we're, you know, we almost have really good people um, that make up the firm and... Um, you know, I often say that the work across firms are often the same or if not similar, um, but it's the people that make the difference. The work will always be there. The work will always be the same, but it's sort of the people you do it with. Um, it could be the hardest thing you might be doing um, at work, but if you're around really supportive um, and good people who are willing to put in the time and effort to teach you, um, it makes a day go by and makes your work a lot easier. Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions, similar to what Tash said, that seniority, um, you know, every workplace has seniority, but it's a matter of how do those people in senior positions lead? Um, and at least in my experience, it's a very down-to-earth collegiate atmosphere where they will take the time um, to teach you. I think one of the best lessons I've learned so far being a paralegal and as a clerk is it's a time where you can make every mistake under the sun, no matter how um, big. Um, obviously within within a limit, but you can make the mistakes, um, you can do everything wrong and have someone teach you. Um, and I think that's the best experience you could possibly have as a class and paralegal. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I think dispelling some of the big misconceptions around this cloud, as Yasha says, is really helpful for um, a lot of people looking to apply at firms. And I guess that leads me into the next question. It's coming up to clerkship season at the moment. Everyone um, is going through quite a stressful period, deciding where they want to apply and what they want to do. So as both of you have gone through the clerkship process at Ashurst, could you impart some advice or some wisdom about the process, 
um, things you would have done the same or differently, just any kind of tips generally to people applying? I think for me, there are many firms that offer clerkships as part of the clerkship program um, every year. I think the most common question people would have is, you know, how do I know whether a firm is right for me? How do I know which ones to apply for? And the best advice that I would say is think about what your personal values are. Think about your personal values and beliefs and what you see in a firm. Um, don't make yourself fit into a firm, but let a firm fit with you. Um, so when you think about your own personal values, think about which firm best aligns with those values. Go out and meet those firms. Might that be at the networking evening that the LSS runs or the different workshops that you might run, or even the firm club run their own events, um, and meet the people. Um, don't be shy to message people on LinkedIn. Um, you'll be surprised how willing people are to have a chat um, or catch up with you over coffee, and then just make your own judgment. Um, I, in to, to be entirely honest, a year ago, if you told me that I'll be at Ashurst, I wouldn't think that would be the case. Um, there were firms that I thought I'd like to work at um, that turns out to be a firm that I didn't really want to work at, um, and things will change. Um, you might have expectations now before applications open and those expectations might change when offers come out. Um, so my best advice is think about what you'd like to see in a firm and naturally gravitate towards that firm that offers that sort of energy that you match. Mm, definitely. I like fully agree with you there. Um, yeah, it's really, yeah, exactly. Don't try and fit in with a firm, but uh, try and choose firms that mirror your values. Um, I think what I would have done differently is not leave my applications to the last minute. So make sure like you are doing your assignments on time or probably even early um, so that you can really focus on the clerkship process because I would say that's a really integral time. Um, and then I also think just be genuine and be yourself. And like, as Kurt kind of said, then you kind of almost get that back. And I heard this a lot as a clerk and it never made sense to me until going through the process but you kind of do vibe with the firm and like you vibe with the people um so if you're not genuine and not yourself then you won't be attracting the firms that kind of will fit with you so really just try and be genuine be yourself people will see that um yeah I think that's it really I think even in interviews as well um you know the clerkship process is in itself a very long process. But I think when you get to the opportunity to speak either to the people and culture reps or lawyers or partners at the prospective firm that you apply for, um, I think it's really important to show what your application couldn't show. You can only write so much um, in a CV or a cover letter um, or answer questions in an application portal, but try and offer something in those conversations that they can't read off a page. Um, I remember a number of my interviews, um, particularly one with Ashurst, where they just wanted, you know, to know about what I do on the weekends um, or what my interests were or what I like to cook. And mm. just, we would literally share recipes for about 30 minutes. And so by the end, they realised they had to answer a few actual proper mm. questions. But um, it's these sort of things that make you stand out and unique. Um, so make sure you offer things that they can't read off a page. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I was going to say two things. Don't worry if you don't have many much legal experience. And maybe that also goes back to the dark cloud um, because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know how to do all of this stuff and I've never worked at a law firm before. 
um, don't worry, like they don't really care. They care um, about certain things, but they don't really care about that. So just really try and be yourself. And then on a very practical note as well, just as a piece of advice, um, you also should know exactly why you want to work at a firm, which is what we've been discussing. And then usually in your cover letters, how I did my cover letters would be kind of like um, one paragraph about why I want to work at the firm and the next paragraph about why I am the, the fit for that firm, like describe what the firm is, why I like it, and then why I'm the fit for the firm and then a little paragraph about you. And if you kind of keep that structure for um, your cover letters, it will help you do things quite efficiently. Yeah. I might just echo Tasha's point about not having legal experience. Um, in my four years of uni, I haven't worked a day in a firm. And, you know, I thought that was a big misconception as well, that you should have legal experience going to these applications. But the truth of the matter is it's not necessary. Not every single law student in the state can get a legal job. There are only so many. But it's what you bring to the role. Um, and if you're enthusiastic, if you're willing to learn um, and you have other skills to show for um, what you've done the past four years, might that be working in retail, hospitality, knowing how to work with people, um, using customer service skills is really important. Um, being able to show the things you've done at uni, might that be extracurricular roles you might have um, in a student society um, or any other involvement you might have at university that could translate well into the workplace is really important. Um, so legal experience is 100%, um, at least in my view, um, not necessary. Yeah, especially with Ashurst and like a huge testament to Ashurst there, they like really want to know like your transferable skills. So for example, if you worked at a busy cafe, you know, you had experience in managing competing deadlines. So they really want to know who you are as a person. Mm. I think that's... um great piece of advice and something that's uh, sort of made me feel a bit more comfortable about it. I've sort of, I, I'm, I'm approaching clerkships, I think next year, if I follow the traditional sort of progression of it. And um, one thing that sort of is overwhelming me is like this idea of, I hear people talk about, you know, spending eight hours a day writing applications and researching. And I think one thing that's, um, yeah, is, is a bit of a, a point of tension for me is this idea of like, where do I even start? Um, so I think particularly the, fi the finding a firm that you think suits you, not trying to mold yourself and change yourself to a firm and, and even sort of maybe pretend you have more legal experience or try and talk up a certain part of your resume because you think the firm doesn't care about, you know, the social sport that you've done or the community activities or what whatnot is um, a great piece of reassuring advice, I would say, um, which I think leaves us perfectly towards my next question which is sort of bringing it back from clerkships a little bit and I think this will be quite useful for you two to answer because even though you're in a similar sort of I mean slightly different but similar sort of stage in your career you are different ages and you've done different things in the past um, so what would you give your first year uni self as a piece of advice um I think for me, like, just, like, live your life. Like, um, I am very happy with how I lived my 20s. Um, I'm happy that I travelled. And now I think I'm so focused, so confident, so self-assured that um, people are very responsive to that. 
So I feel like just don't follow the social kind of norms. If you want to go traveling, go traveling. If you want to take a year off, take a year off. There is no timeline and it will all lead to like so many good outcomes. Yeah, I definitely agree to actually that. I think if I was to give my first year salesman advice, I think it would be a slowdown. There's definitely no rush um, getting through uni. Um, there's definitely no rush in doing a whole lot during uni. I think I'm at the stage now, my final year where um, you realise how good it is to slow down final a little bit and find, you know, you are generally happier. Um, and it's just that feeling where, as Tash said, there is no timeline. Um, a year or two off your degree or a year or two extending your degree makes no material difference to your career. You're going to be working for a very long time. Yeah. If you want a career in law, it'll be very long. And if you want to travel, if you want to take that semester off for a break, um, if you want to go and exchange, if you want to do honours, if you want to take a gap year, um, take it. Um, because I think those are the sort of opportunities that I wish that I potentially did um, early on in my degree, but that doesn't mean I can't do it. Um, it's really good now that with flexibility, um, some firms are quite open to um, deferrals of um, grad offers. So before, between finishing off your final year of uni and starting the grad, you can go out, travel, work in other places, and then come back always as a grad, um, and they'll happily have you with open arms. So. Um, yeah, I think when I look back in five years, that's probably some advice that I give myself. Mm. I think, um, yeah, following up from that, Tash, I know you said you took about two years off traveling. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I wanted to ask you, how did you find that whole experience coming back um, as something to rely on and sort of talk about and how that maybe changed your perspective on, you know, the world or working or even your, your, your personal opinions on things? in terms of applying for clerkships? Because I know for me, for example, um, and a lot of uni students who are doing a five-year degree with law and another degree is that there's a sort of competing interest between going on an exchange and doing your clerkship um, mm -hmm. your fourth year. And I know that's something um, that a lot of my friends have talked about. Um, and a lot of them have sort of leaned to the side of, I'm not going to go on exchange because I need to follow this structure of getting my clerkship done in my penultimate year so that I can go graduate and then and then figure it out from there. So I wonder, um, although you didn't do exchange, um, how you found taking time to travel and then come back? Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I just interrupted you. No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I took two years off. So I graduated my undergrad in twenty. 16 or 2017 and then worked for one year and then saved up money and then uh, traveled around Europe and India for 13 months wow. um and then yeah it was amazing <laughs> and then started the JD um I would say like just do it so I'm 29 so sometimes I like see like the other grads and I'm like oh my god I'm so old um but like when I turned 29 I reflected a lot on what I want to be when I'm 30 and like how I've lived my 20s and I have no regrets like I literally was like I'm so happy with how I lived my life like I have no regrets like now I'm ready to use my brain to apply myself um so do it like take the time live your life like work will be there work will always be there clerkships will be there in the fifth year but you can like find a way like go travel and go live because you don't want to like be looking back and be like, I should have done this and I should have done that. 
Yeah, such great, great advice. Yeah. Such great advice. As someone going through the clerkship process this year, I think kind of hearing that reassuring advice of travel is something to look forward to and you're not just stuck in the corporate world forever is a really exciting thing. So I think this is a great place to probably wrap it up. I want to thank Tash and Kurt for coming on the podcast. Such diverse experiences and getting to where they are, but really interesting and exciting and inspiring advice for all of our students from first year to fifth year. So I want to thank you both for coming on. Thank you. Thank you.